Should I pretend like I'm talking to the podcast audience? I think a little bit both. A little bit of both. Hey guys, what's going on? Game hey everyone. Uh, welcome to Game Boys, a podcast about video games. We're just diving right the fuck into it today. I'm Lux. Yo, I- I'm fucking sweating. And I'm Griffin. It's so hot. Uh, oh my god. We got Haley on the ones and twos. And right now Griffin Haley. is Griffin is streaming some Fortnite MLK shit for me. Uh, we're also live on Twitch, so we'll probably interact with that a little bit. But I want to see this Martin Luther King Fortnite experience. It's 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 really important in a lot of ways. You know, sometimes Lux, we we fall behind on the schedule. You know, we record late, and something we comes along that makes us so happy, dude, that th- we did that. And this is the ultimate week of that. Yeah, this is the this best is the week, week of us like, being late of all time. If we had recorded on time, we would have missed everything. <laughs> so much shit happened um, since I had to so, be like, I'm busy today, actually. Yeah, and, and it's like, guys, this is a lesson. Postpone. Uh, put it off till later, because there's always a better time to do something. Yeah, hell yeah, absolutely true. And speaking of time, shout out to Time Magazine yeah. for co- co-creating the MLK Fortnite experience uh, and putting their logo everywhere. Great. We, a magazine everyone has thought about recently. Whoa. Here we go. It would be fatal right. for the nation. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Griffin. That's right. Griffin, this is now not real. Is, yep. is that Gamora next to you? Yeah, it is Gamora. She was there. That's canonical, actually. That's canon. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Gardens of the Galaxy were at the Washington. Hill. And, and you know what? The they did nothing. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? Like, I guess they're probably racist. Though. I don't think they would have stopped it. Let's see what they're saying. I have a dream today. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's weird. Because, like, you know, there's parts of it. Uh, the, the, the part, there's parts of it where it's like, oh, you go into a room and it, it does show you some, like, images about, like, segregation and stuff. And it's like, you know, I, I, <laughs> if anything, the fact that, like, this is happening, I don't know. It's like, are, are history books much better than this? I mean, yes. Some of them. Not all of them. Some of them aren't. I just, I just like, most of my history books were just such trash. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing is... It's it. I mean, it's like Wizworld says in the chat. Like, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't appear to actually be teaching you anything. Um, it just seems to be like here's some stuff that happened. But the people are yeah. agreeing accurately. In most cases, they I mean, are better. Okay, then maybe I just had a particularly shitty history experience because it was all very glossy with this stuff. Um, I mean, that's that's true to a degree everywhere. But like, this is not know? a. This is not giving you the like meaningful context. You know, like for instance. I think that it's really hard to interpret the meaning of a lot of these actions if you haven't, like, read the letter from Birmingham jail, right? Like, that's, like, an integral part of, like, the history and, the like, the approach that, that colors all this stuff. Um, yeah. And so I don't I, – I don't know. I haven't checked out Fortnite. But I imagine that does not here's come the, up. Here's the number one thing that, I, that, I, that, that was especially hard to har- swallow was just – all of the Time Magazine, like, product placement. Right. Like, the fact that you portal into a Time Magazine to take you back to that time and that there's a giant Time logo next to his speech really, like, makes you feel like 
Time Magazine was somehow a facilitator and like major supporter of these right. moments. And it's like, were they? I mean, <laughs> A, obviously not. And B, it is very, very clearly like, uh, hey, a big advertisement for Time using Martin Luther King in Fortnite, which is yeah, extremely fucked up. Um, right. Is hugely dystopian and also just like pretty offensive in a lot of ways. Like, I think... Like I said, I think it's cool to put history facts and truths into a game that kids play where they can get exposed to that stuff, but I don't think this is actually doing that. I think it's advertising for time, and it's, like, showing a few clips, and that's it, but it's not providing any of the meaningful context that, like, makes those, it's, like, that makes it, like, learnable, actionable knowledge. So, the greatest sin of it isn't necessarily that we, like, it's playable, no, I don't that think it's so. like actually like a physical like you can run around and and play games in it kind of thing. I think that's good. Yeah. Um I mean so maybe there, not there's the, a way to maybe not the games there's part, a, so there like being able to like There is a way it. to honor MLK with video games is the take. I think so. I mean I think you can create a virtual space where like you interact with things in a meaningful way. Like I thought that's true for a long time. I don't see why this would be in any different in that sense like categorically speaking. But I do think that like Having it giant advertised, having it be a bunch of, like, Pickle Ricks dabbing at MLK or whatever. Like, that's not good. <laughs> it's it's certainly striking. Um, but it's like, then it's like, what are, are we gatekeeping MLK from Rick and Morty fans? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, you know, no, I, uh, I, listen, I'm, I'm just asking questions here. I think that's a I don't fair have question. A, I, I'm just, I'm just post-reacting. I'm in the reaction haze. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a, well... It's not a reasonable question, at least one that follows logically. And, like, Mm -hmm. I know. Like, I don't think the problem isn't inherently that it's Rick and Morty fans. The problem is that it's it's not distinguished enough from actual Fortnite to make it anything less or anything more than a Fortnite experience. Which means dabbing and goofs and whatever. And is inherently in a position to be treated unseriously um, by its construction. And it's like... I, I wasn't allowed to dab. There was only the March emotes. Okay, well, I mean, I, I guess that's good. But you see what I mean, though, right? Like, it's, it is, by its nature, unserious. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but then it's like, so there has to be a serious video game that handles it? Yeah, or just... Because I'm like, how do... Because like, then, then kids won't play it. Like, I guess my big question is like, and, and one that you don't have to have the right answer for right now, but something I'm pondering is like, is there a way to teach kids, like Fortnite age kids, in a way that they will actually be interested in? That's not cringe. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Wizards may be pushing it a little bit far, but like a game where like you're on the bus all off Fortnite, but you hear the people talking because they're like doing talking about Freedom Rider shit. You get there, mm-hmm. and there's like a lot more built out opposition to the stuff, and you actually experience it in like a linear, moving way. Um, I see. And, like, one that treats it seriously and puts it in its context within history. You have to build forts because the cops are, like, spraying them down. Sure. Uh Wouldn't that just in itself, though, then, like, water down the... I mean, I don't know. It seems like... It seems like... The thing that I keep butting up against is it doesn't seem like any way you slice it, there is a way to make sensitive subjects like like this... I mean, it's always going to be a little bit silly. Like, playable. It's always going to be a little bit... Right? Like, it's, like, just... Just, like, the act of playing them, isn't that... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be a little bit silly, but the playing is also very valuable because it's immersive, right? Like, that's why edutainment games do so well. Like, Jane McGonagall wrote a whole ass book about this. It's very interesting. Like, mm-hmm. the, playing things 
is in many ways in its immersive sense making things makes things makes ideas a lot more accessible to people generally speaking um yeah i think magic the gathering in the chat has said something really smart which is having in fortnite is fine agreed but it should at least be worked on as hard as when ariana grande shows up uh, i agree and i think MLK the- should be like stomping through the clouds on and like on a swing set well, I, uh, I don't know if it has to be Ariana Grande, but I think that like there's sparkly. a lot more, I think there's a lot more they could have done with it to make it compelling and interesting. And like maybe yeah. like mm-hmm. it seems like what I saw and what seems to be there is like sort of maybe your introduction. Mm-hmm. Um uh but this is not um it's mm-hmm. this is just like a bad educational approach. It's like a pedagogical a, pe- a pedagogical failure. Um, sure, and like that's that's the issue here, um, mm-hmm. and I think that'd be true of regardless of topic, whether we're talking about like like my expertise, the Holocaust, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think that any of these things framed in sort of this like lazy pedagogy is, is yeah. I mean, is there a way though? Is there a way to like learn about the Holocaust in a playable format? Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. Um, but again, and what would, is it? Walk is it a virtual museum? Like, what is? it? I think you could do a virtual museum. I think you could do. Um, I just think all this shit just needs a lot more context, right? Regardless of subject, yeah. the, it's the, it's a failure of context. Um, mm-hmm. and like you, and like the thing is that you know, you know, it's already happening. People are going to be taking Twitter, like making gifts and shit, and posting on Twitter of all this kind of shit. Yeah. Well, Wolfenstein Free to Play Squid that's for adults. Um, that's not for kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, lots of kids play it, and they should. It's great. Um, but yes, and it's, it's, <laughs> well, I, I, I let my kids play it. But. I mean, you know, I played it as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, yeah, I just think that like, there's a lot of better ways to approach this than making what is functionally like a weird MLK meme generator. Uh, Call of Duty World War II did a good job about showing how the concentration camps were. Haven't played it. Do not know. <laughs> Could care less. I mean, it's possible, but who knows? My point, my point being that like. I don't think I'm not like an expert, right? On like race theory and stuff like that. I'm not an expert on any of this shit, but this is not a good way to teach children things. Um, I think it could be. I think there's a way to do this well. I think there's even a way to do it in Fortnite well. Although I'm not have I do not have an answer for what that looks like. I just do mm-hmm. not think that this sort of like goofy, silly generator of how to engage with the shit is is an ideal mechanic for it. Point and click obviously is a great format for that kind of stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think that this is this ain't it. Like, I'd also like to mention to me, uh, aside from the time logo being offensive, uh, the mini games were offensively bad. There's ten mini games uh, that you can play that you didn't get to check out, Lux. But a lot of them involve like running up the hill of progress and stuff like that, or like one of them is falling through time, where you just fall down like a time pit. Uh, they're really bizarre and really poorly made. Right, and obviously a big part of this that is also messed up, and this is why I mentioned Letter from Birmingham Jail and stuff, is that, like, th- obviously this is all very a, a race-centric thing. There's also issues of class. There's issues of political programming, stuff like that, involved with all of this that makes it really important and isn't necessary sort of way to understand what was going on. And this, obviously, Fortnite's not going to get into that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh... Yeah, it's definitely hard to teach about stuff that getting into the, into the fucked up dark shit. That's true. But, like, people are capable of it. And certainly doing it as an ad for Time Magazine is not the right answer. Right? I don't I don't know the best way to do it. I'm not saying that I do. Right. I don't think anyone I, does yeah. yet. 
Um, I'm just curious because like like I know Assassin's Creed is trying to get into educational stuff, um, you know, and like they're trying to do like a like because Assassin's Creed is history, right? Like when you when you fight the Pope. Um, but like they're they're trying to create like some sort of like virtual museum thing already, uh, and so yeah, I'm just always like, what is the yeah, what is the right tone to take with this stuff? It's an interesting question, but what we know is Time Magazine did not get it right, yeah. and I think we can all confidently say that. Um, but uh, yeah, Fortnite truly is one of a kind outside of all of the, you know historical offenses i mean i you just never seen any game like this yeah uh it's interesting it's definitely a big goofed up it was definitely an advertisement um but it's a, it's a fascinating thing and and one kind of hopes that maybe this this a better version of this approach exists in the world and listen, when it comes to when it comes to shooters, you can either jerk off to Ronald Reagan and Call of Duty, or you can be without historical context, sort of, you know, doing an emote at MLK. Wow, yeah. You pick your poison. Welcome to 2021, folks. Um, all right, let's. 2021. We got a lot on the rundown today, so let's. We have a lot of topics. Yeah, let's let's get fucking moving. We've already done 20 minutes on this MLK stuff. Um, damn. We got. Well, I'm gonna cut some of that out. Oh, I'm sure we will. Um, we got a lot, and it's also there's a lot of memes in, in our chat that get in the way of having a list. Um, do you want to talk about trees? Let's talk about trees for a second. Okay. Um, so, fuck. There's so many things on the docket now. I mean, Gamescom came out. I, I, I we have so many things in our DMs Gamescom. right now to talk about. Gamescom came out. But yeah, I'm playing fucking Psychonauts too. We got a lot to talk about. Let me, but let, let me let me pull this article for a second. Um, there was an article from Kotaku. Let me look at, look at our DMs. Uh, there was an article for Kotaku about trees and about the new Pokemon game. Now, for anyone here who has uh, seen uh, the new trees in Pokemon Arceus, Arceus, how are we saying that? I think logs? it's Arceus. Arceus. I have not actually watched any of the clips with audio, so I don't know for sure. Let's see. But it's Here a it po- Pokemon no. Pokemon Breath of the Wild, right? That's what we're talking about. Uh, the new Pokemon Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Um, sorry. I'm, I'm going to edit this episode. Yeah. Oh, man. I hope, uh, I hope no one sees all my comments about jacking off in our DMs. Yo, Rowdy. Thank you for getting us up to Chloe. Love you, dude. Uh, yeah. Okay. So... There's this article from Kotaku about the trees have become the Pokemon fandom's ultimate brainworms. Uh, so we've seen that there's the next quote-unquote Breath of the Wild Pokemon game, but we've seen a bunch of screenshots from it. Um, and you know, I, I think that this looks like shit, Lux. And and I and I and I think it looks like shit for maybe not like the reasons that that you expect. Now we've said this podcast for a while that like we're always disappointed in sort of the, the vision and like the sort of the scope of the vision for Pokemon, a series that has seemingly like unlimited money. Right. And just like we were disappointed with sword and shield. Uh, and I, I don't know, it's, it, it's frustrating because I don't care about like specific graphical density or whatever. Right. I care about just the entire visual plate in front of me and this looks like shit it just looks bad and and it seems like this writer is sort of like tossing aside valid criticisms that like 
this game just could look a lot better and like the world could actually just be designed in a more inter interesting way than just a flat landscape with like six trees poking out of it. Like it's a, it's a level design complaint too for me. Um, so I don't know. This writer seems to just be like, oh, people care about how much a, a blade of grass looks like. And it's like, no, it's like it's larger than that. And I think she's focusing on the trees, but she's not seeing the forest. Yeah. Well, I think the problem here is that like the the writer is using a bad example to make a good argument. Um, I think that the constitutive elements of the argument, i.e. that like realism is a bad way to evaluate the quality of graphics, that it's a question of sort of executing a broader aesthetic, whatever that aesthetic may be, that it's, sure. that that's like the point of what good graphics are isn't necessarily a sort of objective quality of like, hey, this looks the most like real life or this looks most like X, but rather, oh, this all is a style that looks cool. I think that argument that she's making is a good one and one that should be made more often in discussions of video games. However, this is a, it doesn't look good, right? Like that's the problem is this is not yeah. a cohesively executed visual aesthetic that looks not unrealistic or that uses like lo-fi shit on purpose. It just doesn't look that cool. It just looks half baked is, is like the problem with it. And, and, in, and this, the writer says uh, in the article, uh, something about sword and shield here. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, trees will not make or break Pokemon legends. Arceus only the gameplay can do that. But trees seem to be breaking the Pokemon fandom itself. Somehow this is the second tree con controversy the community has had in the last few years. Uh, the first one, for those who unfortunately recall, cropped up as a wider criticism that Game Freak was shorting fans on Pokemon Sword and Shield. Once some players discovered the Japanese developer wasn't including the entire compendium of creatures, hell broke loose. Um, it's okay, yeah. Uh, while some continued to bang the drum against Game Freak after release, trees and all, most folks didn't seem to care in the end. The performance drops were noticeable to anyone running around the many open world areas in Sword and Shield, but many were willing to swallow that. No! The open areas in Sword and Shield sucked! They were trash! Every time I went out to those open areas, it looked like shit, and, it, and there was nothing rewarding to do in those areas. Like, I just feel like we're, like, giving a lot of, like, cope and, like, blaming fans here. Uh, when the reality is, this is, like, one of the laziest franchises uh, to date. Right. So here's here's my issue with this argument that, that she's making, especially with regards to Sword and Shield. I don't disagree with the Sword and Shield analysis. Like, I think it's basically right. Like, it's true. Those sections look like shit. Things look bad. But the core element of the game was, are there weird guys? Are there fun fights? Do you get to fight your weird guys in fun fights? Answer all those questions, yes. So functionally, in terms of, like, what the Pokemon games are for and what they do, it executed correctly. Here's the thing, though, in the context of the Arceus, 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 game, is that, like, it's not that, right? Like, it's trying to be this mm -hmm. big open world thing that looks different and is visually distinct from and is experientially distinct from a classic Pokemon game. And, like, that is an element of the design, an element of the game in and of itself. So it is not just, hey, can I get my cool mons and have them fight each other? If it was that, it would just be a different Pokemon game. That would just be the normal Pokemon setup. Because it's a different yeah. thing... You have to evaluate it on these other standards. That's, like, the nature of mm -hmm. it. It's not just going back to the well in the same way. So while the arguments he's making are pretty fine and compelling arguments to me about Sword and Shield in particular, they just don't hold water for this game because it's like, you're telling me you're making Pokemon Breath of the Wild, but there's nothing cool about the world. It doesn't look cool to me. Yeah. 
because Breath of the Wild wasn't just a bunch of like flatlands with trees. Like every area had secrets and like different like physicalities to it, and and it just seems like the Pokemon people just like lay out an incredibly flat map, and they're like, "This is the desert one, this is the ice one, and this is the grass one." Congratulations, we did it. Um, it's they're doing like one fifth of like what it takes to like design like an open world space. Right, like you're doing um, Star Wars rules where every area has one environment element. and one weird yeah. animal. Right. Um, um, and I just, I just like, I was so disappointed with Sword and Shield. Um, and, uh, and, and just with, on a lot of ways, but I, I think the worst part of Sword and Shield was those open world areas. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it except for it's, I liked it as a core Pokemon game, but everything outside of it being a core Pokemon game, i.e. Those, those open world areas, stuff like that was dog shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, but uh, so that's kind of what I was feeling about the, about the trees thing. But this is going to lead me nicely into another subject, Lux. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Doke V pilled. Okay. Now you're going to have to tell me what that word means. <laughs> uh, I was watching a little thing called Gamescom 2021 yesterday. And, you know, I was like, eh. Most of this stuff is going to be probably be, uh, you know, pretty shitty. Uh, Xbox is going to try to make me care about something that I don't care about. And there was quite a lot of pleasant surprises at, at these announcements. But nothing surprised me more than Doke V. And the trailer is too long for us to live react on the pod. So I'm going to show you the trailer right now, Lux, and then we're going to talk about it right after this. Okay. Come on. Come on. All right. Uh, so yeah, that was V, uh, and I'm officially V pilled. V, move over Pokemon, low energy Pokemon, get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm playing virgin, this game virgin from Pokemon South Korea versus Chad V. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was pretty blown away from this awesome. thing. To me, it's like, to me, it's like if Pokemon gave a shit and like invested all their resources. <laughs> Into doing something fresh and new. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks... It, that's It's got two things about it that immediately jumped out to me, right? One is that it's got, like... It has, like, a distinct style. Like, like there's a lot of different kinds of objects you see in that game. They all look like they were made by people who, like, talked to each other. Um, it's a very <laughs> coherent look, uh, which is sweet. Yeah. And also, it's a look that's, like... If not totally stylistically unique, is like pretty unique in terms of what we're seeing. Like, there's like weird little clock guys. You're catching Pokemon. There's monster fights. You're skateboarding. Mm-hmm. You're doing stuff. And so it all, it like it's a, an unusual amount of stuff and amount of mishmash business that I think rules. I I was impressed. I still don't understand what the game is or what I would be playing or paying I mean, for. But it essentially, I, how I would describe it to people who haven't seen the trailer is it is uh it essentially looks like the mechanics of like a monster hunter game uh, where it's real time combat against like bigger things than you, but you're also throwing out your own doke bees, which are their version of Pokemon sure. to battle 
with them as well. So it looks like you toss out one to two Dokebees that fight alongside you in real time against these monsters, against these other Dokebees that then you will capture. Dokebees, of course, are uh, creatures that manifest from your dreams. Cool, cool. Yeah, I I love um, that, and it it just looks really fun. I like I said, those kids had some fucking drip. Like you can clearly like style out these kids, um, and that's fun. Um, and it's like, yeah, it, I'm, I'm excited. I don't, again, like I'm, I just saw it. I don't know anything about this. I have no idea, but it looks, it looks really cool. It looks like the kind, it, you know what it looks like? It looks like the kind of game that I would have imagined would be a game that we would play in 2020 when it was like 2002. Yeah, totally. Um, I just, I just need you to say we're Doke, you're Doke V. Oh, I'm definitely Doke V pilled. Um, cool. I'm into it. I'm, um, I will be following this as 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 the uh, situation develops for sure. Yeah, because like uh, it was it was just for me. It was like a moment where I was like, oh, like in the same way as I like left WoW for Final Fantasy. I'm like, oh wow, like it can get a lot better than this. And folks, I'm ready to leave Pokemon, and I'm ready for them to have some harassment scandals. Right. I th- okay. Well, ugh. but <laughs> I think I think there is. A, a thing happening in video games where like we have seen enough of sort of there's like a there's an, a, a semi-finite number of type of game out there um and some of those types of games have had like one brand sort of sitting at the top for a very long time and those brands have sort of sat on their laurels and been like we are pokemon is the monster catching game uh, EA Sports. We are Pokemon. Bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum. Like, yeah, exactly. Sorry, that's kind of how you said it. Yeah, no, we are Pokemon. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, sure, we're farmers. Um, I'm Jake. Yeah. I'm J.K. Simmons. Uh, but the like, Pokemon is the monster catching game. Uh, WoW is the WoW is the sort of MMO. Final Fantasy is the turn is the turn based RPG. Whatever. I guess not anymore. Mm-hmm. They've gone real time. But whatever. You know, you know what I mean. There's like a finite yeah. set of these things, and I think we're starting to see that other companies are like. There's space to like come at the king in these things, and if you hit, yes. if you successfully come at the king and you don't miss, if you if you do what Rick Flair says, and when you come at the king, you do not miss, like that's huge. Like final, like look at Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 14 because it's not just that Final Fantasy 14, it's Final Fantasy 14 got great, started beating WoW, and beating WoW then made it greater because a bunch of people who were not interested in Final Fantasy 14 were like, oh wait, it's beating WoW, I got to get on board with this. That redoubled the shit, and now it's huge. In the same way that if something can sort of unseat Pokemon as the Pokemon type game, then like it will have the same effect. And it will, it's like, it's interesting and very exciting to see the companies be like, you know what? Pokemon's just cranking out garbage trees and 20 new mons every five years or whatever. Yeah, um, they're turning apples into Pokemon. Um, and. I think that that's it's exciting. Like it's really cool to see sort of these like megaliths get uh, get challenged. You know, see see people come for the king. Uh, I, I love. If you're them. gonna come for the king, at least graze them and release your game ten years from now. Yeah, but you best uh, but, not but miss. Yeah. Um, so Gamescom had a few other things, Lux. Okay. I know you weren't able to cover it, but I was there on the ground floor covering it yeah. um, for the show. Uh, and, you know, I said I, I had my arms crossed, but there was a few other cool things. Uh, there was a game, Jurassic World uh, Sim. Oh, I've been basically. waiting for that. It looks good. It looks cool as shit. And the, the, the trailer they released looked good. I'm all on board. I, I'm ready to build my own little Jurassic 
world. Yeah. And you know, I, I I I do hate saying Jurassic World though. Yeah. You know, it's Jurassic Park, folks. It's not Jurassic World. Jurassic World <laughs> sucked and was a bad movie. Speaking of the movies, did you uh, see Colin Trevorrow's quote about the new Jurassic World movie? Oh yeah, what was or it? He again? says what uh, was the quote? he says. Jurassic World Dominion is as asking one simple question: If dinosaurs lived amongst us, would you be safe? And the answer is no. That's awesome. I mean, so they're going to live among us? Because if they live among us, then that's sus, right? I mean, that's pretty sus. But also, it's just so it's like it's that thing. It's that thing that I think is always so funny, where someone says the most obvious sentence on earth, as though it is a creative and interesting. Um. See. I even got amongst wow. right. Um I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll call sus on that. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty sus. Um, it's pretty. Uh, listen, how is he allowed to make three bad movies? It's incredible. Look, it's like you can't shed the Trevoro. Trevoro's. I know it's Trevoro's it's like, like herpes. You know, it's. I'll tell you what it's like. It's like the goddamn coronavirus. It's like yeah. Well, no, because you can get vaccinated against the coronavirus. You can get vaccinated against herpes. It's gonna herpes comes back every couple months, you know. What? Okay, I. Well, I have some meetings to set. Unrelated. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, you know that. Well, uh, you first well, take it away. Well, if you want to keep on Gamescom, we should just do that. But I was just gonna say that the you mentioned the thing about dreams uh, in in Dokev, which reminded me of the game that I've been playing. If you want to hear about the new release that I've been engaging with the past couple of days. Okay, we'll talk. We'll, we'll we're almost there. I, I just want, I'm. Just, I don't have much more on Gamescom. I was actually just rounding it out. All right, let's hear it. Um, there was a few other indies. There's a really cool indie called Cult of the Lamb, uh, where you run your own cute little cult and then go and play in sort of like, uh, like bullet hell style dungeons. But the animation's really cool, and so it's like a town builder where you're the cult leader. Uh, and then combined with like dungeon crawling bull stuff, that looked really interesting. I've always liked that setup for games. I feel like they never quite work because one side always gets more of the weight than the other side. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm always intrigued by games where it's like you're building a like a society or a town or a cult or whatever, and then you have to go play like a mini other game on the side to like. That, that, that's a good point, though. That's that most of those games like because they try to share both worlds, both like neither of them feels full. Yeah, like Nino Kuni like, is a great example of that. Where like the adventure stuff Nino Kuni is pretty fun, but the city building is like pretty light, um, and it's just like a lot of stuff like that. But that said, I'm yeah. just, I love that I love the ambition of those games, and I really would like to try it. And that and Call to the Land yeah. sounds very fun. Yeah, and there was a few other things that I was like, eh, that's a big thumbs down from me. But there was one last kind of big news ticket item uh, that surprised me. And and I think I had to dwell on for a, a lot of time. And that's that they announced that Halo Infinite is coming out this year on December 8th, 2021. Which was a huge shock to me. Uh, so I have two a game questions. that has been shredded every time they've shown a single piece of footage from it. Uh, I certainly thought that it was going to get a spring 2022 um, postponement. And so, Lux, this had me, like, thinking two things. One, it's completely the executive saying this needs to be a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. But also, it's clearly not ready because Christmas present video games come out the first and second week of November. They certainly don't come out 
two weeks before Christmas. So this game is going to launch on December 8th fucking broken. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's going to be incredible. So, so that Okay, so that answers both my questions. Which were, okay. are you excited for this, and do you think it's going to be good? And it sounds like no. I, I, and Yes and no. Yeah, okay, yes and no. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. to see how broken it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think one thing that is really cool about it that people probably can avoid getting super burned on is that we can play the multiplayer side for free. And they're, gonna, they're probably going to do, like, a battle pass thing or something. I mean, That's super sick. I won't spend a dollar on this game, and I'll just hear about, like, what a mess it is or whatever. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. You know, and like if if they it gives them a space where like that at least gives a space where like they could improve the game slowly over time and generate some buzz eventually after its release by like modifying the mm-hmm. multiplayer, um, which at least is like a kind of hedge on their bet. Um, it just seems like every single thing about this game tells me it's going to be dog shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, l- let's be real. Like, once Bungie left, there never should have been another Master Chief game. They should have just tried to do something else because it's just—it's really—it's just—it's—it's it's been pissing on his grave. Yeah, they should have just made um, a guy named Chaster Meef and set him out. Yeah, yeah, set him out, just like different color. Um, but you know, <sighs> I've played like Halo Four and I played Halo Five, and they've been incredibly uninspired, but they haven't been broken. So this is going to be maybe like the final nail in the coffin on like Master Chief, perhaps for a while, because it's like not only is this game going to be shitty, but it's also like not going to work either. So it's not going to be like, oh, there's a game underneath here that's like worth resuscitating. It's like they are launching this as a corpse and it's going to stay a corpse. Yeah, it's going to if there's um, any hope of it ever coming back, it's very slim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was a very interesting news item for me on Gamescom. That's all I have to report from the ground um, on Gamescom. I had fun. Well, good. I tell you, I had fun. Well, that's the main. That's the main thing. Um. All right. Let's. But Lux, let's let's talk about your game. Let's talk about the new game on the blog. I'll stop grandstanding for a second. Um, I am playing Psychonauts two, and Griffin. Okay. Here's the thing. I have been in love with Psychonauts since it came out in 2005. I think I've beaten the original sure. game upwards of five times. Uh, yeah. It is an all-time favorite. I have been waiting for the sequel for a long time. Uh, yeah. And shockingly, <laughs> for once, I am not disappointed. It is fully living up to my expectations in every way. It is so wow. fun. It is so funny. It is so creative. It looks super cool. It's got everything mm-hmm. you... It's like. It's got everything you want in Psychonauts. It's got really weird NPCs. It's got a lot of personality. It's got a lot of really interesting puzzles. It's got really a lot of interesting levels. It's got a lot of different ways to leverage your skills. They also build up a skill leveling system so that as you level your skills up, there's new ways to approach puzzles and open them. It makes the first game, one of the few flaws of the first game was sort of that, like, you'd have to go back to areas to get, you know, to, to max them out and get all the stuff out of them. And to do that, you'd have to have your skills get better to, you know, whatever. But it never felt like your skills were getting high, like that much better. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Even when you'd go back. And in this, it's like, I can see that, like, eventually I will have to learn a skill that is so different from anything that I can do now to succeed uh, at, like, certain mm-hmm. maxing out stuff, certain finding things. Uh, it is so fucking fun. It is. It's so excellent. Um, I'm loving it. Jack Black's in it. Eventually, you'll find. Um, Whoa. It is. 
It is so good. It is. I just like it's. It's hard not. To, I don't want to tell you too much about it because I think you want to play. It. I assume you want to play. It. I don't want to, like right. spoil too much. But like, it is. It is so. Every single thing you love from the first Psychonauts. It's going into weird people's minds. It's creating these weird surrealist levels. It's giving you weird puzzles, giving you weird nasty imagery, um, and it's a fucking blast. It's so fun, hmm. and it's funny, and it's it's double fine. And I was worried a little bit that Microsoft buying Double Fine would sand the edges off of this game in a lot of ways. Um, right. But the second that you see Sasha Nine, who is one of the, the Psychonaut agents who you meet in the first game, um, once you see him and he is still smoking his signature permanent cigarette, I was like, okay, Microsoft did not get in their way. Like, if Microsoft's letting them Sasha Nine smoke cigarettes around children in the game, mm-hmm. then, like, they just um, let unlike, it happen. Unlike a certain... Unlike a certain anime live action TV show, um, <clears throat> yeah. Unfortunately, one Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. How how are how are people excited about that image? It looks like it looks like cosplayers that are in a polycule. Yeah. I, the image. I think the show could be really cool. I think the talent involved is really impressive. I don't think that image made me think any more positively about the show in any way. Um. Like I'm sorry, it was like none of them were none. Of, there was no cigarettes. Yeah, there and there was no like future. It, like they looked like they could just like be in Austin or something. <laughs> like there was nothing that yeah. felt out of this world about it. But it looks like the it looks like the funniest person in Austin, a festival or contest or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it looks like F- FPIA. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. So Psychonauts. I there's so this is how to illustrate how much I love this game. I will illustrate the two things that I am annoyed about by it. Um, because they are okay. so small. The first is that it's a PS4 game, not a PS5 game, so it does not have all the cool controller feedback. Oh, shit. It, it doesn't have. Oh, it doesn't well, have DualShock because it's developed by Xbox, right? So Damn. they were never going to give it all that stuff. So that is a bummer. No, that is a bummer because every single element of the game with the DualShock and the haptic feedback would feel incredible. It still feels good because the controller oh, feels good. Man. It still feels good. The controller feels good. Like it's fun to play and it's tactically nice. Yeah. But you, I could. It is easy to imagine ways to plus it up that would have been really extraordinary. That's one. Right. The second thing is it has a, one of those classic games problems where you'll have a cutscene that's about one thing, and then the mission will be about a slightly different thing. It'll be after the cutscene, the character's like, I guess I gotta get a bowling ball. And it's like, wait, what? Um, mm-hmm. And has that problem. Those are the only two complaints that I have about the game. Otherwise, it fucking rules. Okay, so I, I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been tuning in uh, to some streamers who've been playing it, and the the one thing that struck me from the little bit of time I watched it was not really the platforming, because uh, to be honest, the platforming doesn't look that fun to me. Uh, I was more like interested in like the story and like the way the scenes were crafted and the way characters were talking to each other. Yeah. Uh, that all seemed to be like really, really interesting and nuanced and specific mm-hmm. um, in a way that you just don't get from video games a lot. Um, and that alone was like me worth checking it out. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, you know, it visually, like some parts look cooler than others for sure. With the um, platforming, it's like, I like that the platforming isn't super central. Like none of the platforming sequences are insanely long, at least so far. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of the platforming is a little frustrating. There's like camera angle issues that there are on every 3D platformer, which is why I think 3D platformers are not a great uh, genre. But like, it's, they're mostly really fun, and the level design is really interesting. It does a really good job just guiding you to the place you're supposed to go a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so I think it, like, oop, got the hiccups. I think it, like, 99% works uh, pretty extraordinarily uh, on a pretty regular basis. So it really feels like I have to play Psychonauts 1. Uh, I would. I mean, they do a, a pretty thorough recap 
of the story of Psychonauts 1 at the top of Psychonauts 2. Yeah. So I don't think you'd miss too much, but it is like you would, you do really learn a lot about the characters and they do extremely play with the stuff you know about the characters in, in the game. So like, right. and, and it's worth it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, probably is worth it. And it's fun. It's fun um, as shit. It's fun as shit and it's funny as hell. Yeah. Um, Double Fine is just a company that I like never really spent that much time with. See, I'm the opposite. I think I've played every Double Fine game and I think they're all dope. Yeah. Um I love I um, love Tim Safer shit. Um it's great. But I bet it's probably I bet Psychonauts One's pretty cheap to play right now. I think it is. I think it's also on Game Pass. Um mm-hmm. so a good segue from this is that this game started with a very comprehensive, very clear content warning. Psychonauts two. At the beginning oh, it says that <laughs> I forgot we're talking about this too today. At the beginning <laughs> it says uh you know there are discussions of mental illness. There's a lot of weird, gnarly visuals. This game is supposed to be fun. If you're not having fun dealing with those images or those themes, just don't play the game. It's okay. Like, it's a two-paragraph content warning, and it is pretty much, like, unimpeachable. Um, this guy's got a dog. There's Archer. I'm listening. Um, it's pretty much unimpeachable. But uh, the other thing that is less unimpeachable apparently is the content warning on boyfriend dungeon. <laughs> um, um or, content or is it warnings plural? Yeah. So let's talk about boyfriend dungeon. Um, I'm playing it a little bit, although not psychonauts is out. I'm mostly only playing that, but let's talk about boyfriend dungeon. How it's fun. I like it. I think it is a good game. <laughs> yeah. I am enjoying it too, to a certain extent. Um, I think we before we talk about what we're liking about just like the game design and specifics of it, we should talk about like what brought us to the game and like our opinion on on that right now. Uh, which is of course people we talked about this last week, but people were very upset that certain characters in the game uh, gaslight, stalk, and are fuckboys to you, um, and that that is triggering. Uh, and so we had to dive in and see if it truly was a triggering event. And Lux, how did you feel after playing it and experiencing these fuckboys? I think almost the same thing that I thought last time we talked, which is I can understand how someone who's had traumatic experiences with those kind of things would be triggered by engaging with that kind of shit. I also think that the game definitely warns you. Like, I, that's the thing. Is Okay, A... Triggering is a specific word that means something, so I'll try to avoid using that word. People who've had bad experiences and trying to experience that kind of stuff would have reactions to the way that it's represented in the game. That's fine. I believe mm-hmm. that. There's some pretty, like, the dude's pretty gnarly and gross, the bad guy in that game. I mean, um, I would say that many of the characters are very gnarly and gross. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> bad behavior from a lot of, a lot of cats in that game. Um, yeah. So, I, I get that. I just also think that the position that the game did not give you enough warning to make that choice is bananas to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, there's a warning at the top about certain uh, content or whatever. And then there's a second warning. And that second warning says, warning, in this game, you receive text messages from your mother. If you would prefer to not experience that, you can turn them off now. And I was like, has there ever been a more like padded 
like safe space than this game. Right. Like, that's I just don't. Th- it's crazy. That's why I find the reactions are crazy. It is so clear that the people who made this game give so much of a shit and are trying so hard to provide the exact thing these people are asking for. Um, right. And it's so like and to say, hey, that didn't work for me. I had a bad experience with it. Sure. That happens. That, that'll happen with anything all the time. But to say that they didn't do the work is bananas. Yeah, I mean, if anything, they they overwarned us, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's um, I think it's an interesting game outside of that sort of hilar- like the hilariousness of that these people like snuck anything on anyone. Um, is that this game is a dating sim, right? Yeah. It's half dungeon crawler, half dating sim. It's basically like Persona. The more time you spend with people in the real world, the more powerful you become with them and the more abilities you gain with them when you hang out with them in the dungeon. Um, the only difference is this time your significant other turns into the weapon you use. Uh, and I thought that this was an interesting idea, but a very frustrating mechanic because I found the majority of the romantic interest in this game to be insufferable to the point where I never wanted to use them in the dungeon because they annoyed me, but that limited then my gameplay style and choices. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. I mean, with dating sims, as I think we know from the... Like, you just, they're not all going to be Doki Doki Literature Club. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the characters in Dating Sims tend to be really broad. Broad characters tend to be pretty annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, but, like, oh, my God. Like, I thought, like, there would be, like, one good guy. But I was like, this is a game about, like, how everyone you date is a piece of shit. There. Because it's, like, like the fucking K-pop guy just accuses you of being his fan. Uh, you know, the Isaac guy is kind of, like, pretentious. The Eric guy thinks he's an entrepreneur well, like a the, Silicon Valley like freakway. Eric's the the bad bad boy. Oh really? I thought that was Sunder. I thought it was Eric. Maybe it's Sunder. No, I think it's Eric. I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's well Sunder and Eric are both terrible. I mean, Sunder's friend openly tells you that he gets violent with his uh, with his relationships. Oh, that is which true. is a crazy thing to tell someone. Yeah. Uh, Sunder's been like the most fuckboy with me. Eric's been stalking me. Yeah, it's the stalk. It's the Eric stalking that is, I think, the thing people really don't like. Um, but either way, the thing is, I I kind of buy that. I think most of the characters, I get the sense that like, it, like in most dating sims, they will specify and become more likable the deeper you get into their like zone. That's true. Um, like they let their guard down, and it shows you that people are complicated. I get that, but I'm like. Ugh, God, I no, can't stand I, these. People. I'm totally with you on a lot of these guys. The hooks just aren't there. Like, yeah. that's the key with these dating sims is you have to at least have some juice uh, initially to want. Like, like Dream Daddy is like this, right? Like, Dream Daddy is a classic sort of dating sim for people who don't play a lot of dating sims. And all the characters at the beginning are kind of bleh. They're kind of flat. But there's like clearly some like l- there's clearly more to them than mm-hmm. than there is on the surface. And so. At the as you go through the game, hey, look! It turns out they're a lot more interesting than you thought, and that's like how a lot of dating sims go. Um, I think right. this game is probably going to fall that arc, but you're right that like there's a not as unlike Dream Daddy or other really great dating sims or Otomes, like there's not. Well, their flaws just aren't as 
disgusting and volatile to experience. Like every time I hang out with any of the other guys, I just feel like terrible about myself. And then, and then even the girl has like a creepy guy. That's like her security or like, I don't know if it's like her pimp or what the fuck is going on there, but I'm just like, God, like I'm not really having a good experience with any of these people. And maybe the game is about how you'll never have a good first date and that you have to keep dating people for a while. Your first dates are just always a disaster. Um, but I think it's, you know, I'm having fun with the dungeon. I'm, I'm intrigued to see where these folks go. I also think the fact that I'm going to be taking a, a substantial break from it to play Psychonauts, like, makes me feel a little bit better about it. And from that perspective, where I'm like, I know I'm not going to, like, be in it in it for any particular stretch of time. Um, and it's a game mm-hmm. that I feel like, at least for me, it's a game that's like, oh, I'll play it for an hour. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's not a whole day thing. Um, Psychonauts is like, where Psychonauts is like, I struggle with doing my job because I just want to fucking turn on the TV and what play Psychonauts. Um, yeah, I'm I'm right on the edge with this game where it's like I I might invest more time into it and like keep checking it out. Um, but the dungeon crawling is is like okay. It's pretty fun. It's oh, literally I literally as I said okay, the video said okay. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, pretty fun. I think the dungeon crawling is pretty good. I would it's say, it's, basic. I'd, say it's, I'd, I'd say it's basic. I, I, I'm really good would mean that like it's like doing something. It's like firing on some like new oh, cylinder. Yeah. No. At least in my in my opinion. Yeah, to be clear, like, that's why I said, so I said it's pretty competent. good. It's pretty it's good. Competent. It's effective. It's an effective, simple dungeon crawler, which is a nice thing to get to do sometimes. But it's definitely not blowing anyone's mind or making anything new or anything like that for sure. It's competent's a good word for it. It's it is competent. It's effective. Yeah. It's not innovative or like uh, inspired or whatever. Yeah, and so I'm just like right on the fence because like I don't I don't like spending time with the boyfriends and the dungeon stuff is like it's it's, it's like not as good as Hades or, or other play, things like that. Oh right. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's well, but that is the competition now. You know that is that is what we're like gauging stuff against. So yeah, I don't know. I'm right on the edge in terms of this as a game, but in terms of this as a as a a moral piece of art, uh, it is completely safe uh totally absurd and a hundred percent designed for these tumblr types uh that are mad at it right well so, i mean and that's I, ultimately I, I, why they're mad at it is the thing right because th- this is the thing it's this too is, much for them this is the core thing here is that any story that engages with anything any negative emotional framework there are going to be people in the world who have had bad experiences that are traumatic associated with that negative emotional wavelength. That's an inevitability. That's how life works. So what's happening here is there's a game that is clearly for those Tumblr folks. It is trying really hard to be for those Tumblr folks. And there are a few of those Tumblr folks who've had the specific constellation of life experiences that make the content of the game extremely shitty for them, which can happen with literally every game that's ever happened. And the reason I think the backlash is so intense is that the game presents itself as for these kinds of people, and those people are having a hard time reconciling that if the game is about anything, there will be people who have a negative reaction to it in that way. Like, the game can't, like, there's no subject that some, that there's no subject in the world that no one has had a traumatic experience with. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it couldn't be, there's nothing, it has to be about that for there to be conflict or anything. So there's always going to be people who don't fit and who aren't, don't have access to it in that way. And those people are going to get upset. And I think the upsetness is amplified because it's so like, this is for you. And then someone who's had a bad experience, like a stalker or something, plays the game. And it's like, oh, no, this like triggers me in this really negative way. This thing I thought for was for me isn't for me. Now I'm really mad. 
And I think that's the root of the nature of the backlash is, is that dynamic of it. And I think that that's sort of silly because it assumes that there's art that is that the idea that the idea that there can be art that is for everyone is crazy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, they need help. Uh, they, they need, uh, they need our help. I don't, I don't know what to say to it. I, I, I wish I liked the game more, I guess I'll say. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I like it a little, I like it enough, but I do, it does feel like there could have been more juice in this game for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially in the dating, in the dating sim realm, which we have a lot of, you know, oh, apparently there's like a Doki Doki literature club, like director's cut now or something yep. like that. I don't, I don't know what they would add. Yeah. But. I'm curious about that. Uh, it's on the list. Yeah. Um, you know, we're already at a full friggin' hour here, but I did want to, I did want to round it out. With our weekly Blizzard update. Oh, here we go. This one's pretty. Uh, this one is, as so many of them have been, pretty fucking gnarly. Where 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 do we start? I mean, they're they're sh- they're shredding documents, folks. Yeah, they're sh- they're they're shredding documents. California and that's is mad. crazy. California is mad because they have been shredding documents. Uh, I think it's incredible. It's like every week they're like doing something new, and I think that they're they're like. They're finally understanding how to be content creators after all these years. Whoa, what happened there? Whoa, I don't know. Vandal got so mad. Here, you can talk. I'm going to mute myself for a second while I check for this dog. Okay, cool. And then I'll do your voice, too. Please don't do that. <laughs> okay, well, she settled down, so it's fine. Fuck Activision. They still haven't fixed my COD account? Well. What the? That's are you locked out of COD? It's probably for the best. One of their many problems. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just this classic, like, it, it is... There's, it is this thing that happens with big companies where they think that they are can act with impunity, and then when they realize they can't, they start doing other illegal things and doubling down on that to protect themselves, and then that gets caught because it always gets caught. Shit always comes out because that's the way this shit works. And now here we are, where it is just a giant fucking dumpster fire, um, and now they're showing documents. Obviously, I think it's I think it's cool though because it's like at this point like they're 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 losing. Why not? Why not like play into the villain? You know, why not be the villain that the city demands? Right, I mean, like, this is what happened with Enron. To pick just one random example, uh, this always happens with these companies. Is like one the huge company, the bad thing gets out. They start shredding documents and acting exactly like the evil company that everyone says they are, and it, mm-hmm. they, people learn about it. And everyone's like, "See, they were evil the whole time." And they're like, "No, no, that was it's not." Oh, oh god, it's like you get come, you're doing you you're being the Joker. Like it's just. What are we doing here? Do you think that like someone's on payroll to just shred documents? Um, what a, what a job that would be. I mean, definitely you know, someone's on payroll hey, what, to be ready to. I I worked at, at a at a law firm one summer as an assistant. All I did was shred documents. I don't know what they were for. Yeah, they just had Bill Clinton on the top of them. <laughs> um, yeah, they said they said Epstein Island on them. Yeah, they said uh, they said so, Little St. James report. Uh, not only that, but, uh, you know, Blizzard is, like, we're being a little harsh, Lux, because Blizzard is making amends. They're fixing all sorts of stuff. They've already changed many of the names of characters in the World of Warcraft, and now they've changed a name in Overwatch as well. That's right, folks. McCree is being renamed? I, I don't even know. What, is, what are they doing? It, that's what the, the the document looks like it says. Um, 
where it's we will necessarily change the name of the hero currently known as McCree to something that better represents what Overwatch stands for. Mm-hmm. Um. So the the reason for this should have just been that McCree is a shitty name for a character. It's a dumb name for a cowboy <laughs> character. <laughs> that's it a- sucks. <laughs> um. But that's not why they're doing it. It's not just because they picked a shitty name. Um. They're doing it because he's named after like one of the bad Jesse McCree. Yeah, one of the bad boys yeah, of Blizzard. Of- one of the bad boys, but not in a cool way, guys. Um, yeah. Uh, did they just, like, take every, like, sexual assaulter and, like, g- give them a character? Dude, it's pretty amazing. It truly does look that way. It truly looks like the more of a douchebag you were at Blizzard, the more likely it is that you're, like, a playable character in <laughs> Overwatch or, like, a guard <laughs> yeah. of Azeroth or something. <laughs> exactly. It's wild. And it's, like... To be one of the main characters in Overwatch, you know, that has uh, so much work done with them and all these voice lines and really make, made him seem like a cool cowboy. Like, can you imagine just, like, how... What a miserable fucking place it is to work that, like, you were, like... Like, like, like this fucking creep is, like, fucking walking down the hall by your cubicle and, like, trying to give you, like, a neck massage while you're having to like design like the six pack abs on like his in-game avatar it's fucking what a fucking hellish yeah. nightmare experience they've created here and the name just, isn't even uh, cool insane <laughs> yeah well it's his name i know and that's like and it's right and it's like they were like well, mccree's kind of a cowboy name and it's like get out of here and it's like then you have to make the character right you said you make the character this guy who's like sexually harassing people you or people around you and everyone knows about it. You have to make his character. His name isn't even cool. And that's just your life. And like, mm-hmm. w- yeah, like, what a fucking nightmare. What an absolute fucking yeah. nightmare of a situation. And, and it's like, and I don't know if the solution is to like, just rename the character, like give it a gender swap. Like, I don't, I don't know like what the solution is. I, I, here's my solution. Just just change his name to like Mick Cuck or something yeah, like that. Yeah, give him a real fucking And like all of his voice lines are like, I'm a bitch. Yeah, give him like a real like Uh hi, my name's Mick Doodoo and my yeah. thing is that I have a gun that shoots pee. Yeah, my yeah <laughs> Like that's what they should do. And then make him look exactly like the guy. <laughs> yeah, just make him look exactly like the guy. Yeah, he can't do like any abilities. He is a trash character that like you can't use at all. His alt is just to be like, oh, I'm not gonna make it to the toilet, and then just like <laughs> shit in his pants and fall over. <laughs> there's there's like constant patch changes, but they never make it better. Yeah, it's, it's only worse. <laughs> oh, it's like we made the pee wetter and and, and louder. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh no, I'm using my second alt, and my feet fell off, and now I can't move. Like that, <laughs> I, that's what I want from that game. Like that—that's how you get revenge on that man. Is you just make the character named after him to like a yeah. total piece of shit. Like that's—that's the funny option. It's the good option. But what they're gonna do is just rename him like McCluskey, like or something, yeah. and be like, yeah, he's back. McCarran. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Or they'll just name him like a class. Like they'll name him like Shane, like a classic Western movie name. Um. Yeah. Because the thing is, is like they could they could put any kind of skin, any kind of name, but like McCree, like every Overwatch character does have like a mechanic, and like if you take that mechanic out, it is kind of like 
there's a certain house of cards to it all, right? Yeah. In terms of like these are the sh- ones that can shoot this way and that way. So it's like having a character that's like long range and has those like stuns and rolls and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be yeah. sad to miss that kind of gameplay from the game. Right. Well, Close Stars. That, that's the problem. Close Stars has said like what is sort of the most elegant solution, which is retire the character, and make another one that's basically the same but a little bit different. Yeah. Name a cock. Yeah. The problem <laughs> is if you do that, the period where he's retired before he's replaced. The, the fucking game balances all off. Yeah, well, the, no one no one plays the game anyway, so I guess that's not really a problem. If it was a popular game, it'd be a problem. Oh yeah. Uh, but let's be real. Overwatch Two is basically as good as dead, uh, and these are all violinists on the Titanic. Yeah, we're just, just moving, trying we're just to get one last song. Moving out. deck chairs. Yeah, they're just moving deck chairs at this point. Like they're like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Um, and, and so yeah, uh, folks, as always. Our permanent segment, weekly segment, Blizzard Watch. Yeah, uh, yeah. One, always, a, always a good time. One day we'll have not, we'll not have this segment, but it's been like a month, and I do not, I cannot imagine when it's going to end. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, it is. But this was a pretty jam-packed it was one. A busy I felt week, like. busy week, a lot of stuff this app. Um, it was a busy week, and there was something we didn't even talk about that we're going to save for next week because it is an ongoing conversation with uh, the Twitch strike. Yeah, taking a day off Twitch. That's which, true. Uh, you know, well, we'll have that on the horizon for next episode for for y'all to dwell on and, and get your takes ready for. Yeah, um, there's some interesting stuff with that. But yes, um, man, Jesse McCree mm-hmm. looks like such a bag of shit just in this picture. It's so funny. That's the thing that's always been really upsetting to me, and something I've said on the on the podcast the last couple of times is like. Like back in the day, and by the day I mean like like more ancient human times. Like when you die in battle, you die from like a warrior. Uh, these days, it's you're being just harassed, and your life is being ruined by fucking nerds and losers. It's like, oh god, so terrible. Give me, give me Genghis Khan over Jesse McCree any day of the fucking week. Yeah, for sure. Is that is that something that I can get everyone here behind? Wow, you're uh, this is a uh, you're really coming after that one lady who tried to cancel Genghis Khan. <laughs> um, Listen, he's we are all his sons. In some ways, most people are. Um, unfortunately, yep. DDP, you did miss the boyfriend dungeon talk, but yeah, it wasn't that different from last but, week's. But, but that's what the podcast episodes are for. Yeah, well, check out Game Boys Pod on podcasting platforms. Yeah, go look up Game Boys on all the. All the platforms. Uh, check that out. Um, let's do some plugs. Obviously, if you are watching the stream, you know that you can find Griffin on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Room. But if you are just listening to the podcast, now you know too. You can also find Griffin at Griffin P. Davis on TikTok and on Twitter. Uh, then you can find Haley on Instagram and YouTube at Eat Every Sound. And you can find me on Twitter at Tailboy. That's T-A-I-L underscore B-O-I. And you can find the wrestling show at Party World at Twitch.tv slash Party World Wrestling. Also on Facebook, search Party World Wrestling. And you can find me on Twitch uh, at, for, at Twitch.tv slash Forrest G. Walker. If you are watching the stream, we will go live in about an hour. So if you want to see some SMT content that's going up around uh, 6.30 Pacific, 8.30 Central. D- DM me. Uh, I'll rate into you. Oh, shit. Oh, we'll do. Um, and if you aren't listening to the podcast or watching the stream, you're just listening to the podcast next week, we'll do it at the same time. We do it every week at Thursday at 8.30 Central, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. Um, that is it for us this week. Um, I got to go get ready to eat a hamburger and stream. Uh, Griffin, great work. <laughs> <laughs>